1: I'm going to press record like a good little podcaster, you see. Can everybody hear me? Can you? How is everybody doing with their Christmas cheer? I'm trying to sort of space it out because I get a bit overexcited. And I have to be honest, sometimes when I sit down for that Christmas meal, I'm so bored of the idea of turkey and cranberry sauce that I actually can't face the idea of eating it. So what I've been doing... I've put the tree up. I'm looking at it. I'm going to take a photo of it for you. I'm going to post it on social media. Let me take the photo. There you go. You heard that. Um, But I haven't put any other decorations around the house. That's not true, actually. I've put lights all over a tree in the garden, which took me about four hours this weekend because I went for the cheap ones. And every time you unravel them, the whole thing ties in a knot. So I broke two sets out of the four that I bought. But the tree looks amazing. I might be posting a picture of that as well, actually. And I've done a lovely thing, which is I've put some lights around my um, a wreath hanging on the door. So when I say I haven't decorated the rest of the house, but what I am still going to do is I'm going to put some Christmas tree stuff up the staircase. I'm going to put some on the mantelpiece in the sitting room and I'm going to put some berries around the house. I'm going to post pictures of all of this, people. Um, so, yeah, I'm sort of, well, I don't know, what would you call it? Rationing. Christmas rationing. Now, let me say hello first. Hello and welcome to Homo Sapiens Extra. Homo Sapiens Extra is a plethora of things, but off the top of my head, I'd say it's where we read your emails. I'd say it's where we read you some LGBTQ plus news. And I'd say it's where we discuss topic of the week. This week, topic of the week is money which is very timely given it's Christmas and we're coming out of a worldwide pandemic. So loads of fascinating messages and emails from you. I'm also going to be talking to a journalist, Alex Holder, who is a flippin' genius. And she's written a book about money and why we don't talk about it. So I'm going to call her up. And also we've got some rather pertinent agony uncle questions that I'm going to ask for her help with. We've also got Culture Club where we're going to talk about what you lot have been watching, listening, reading and most importantly eating. Now can you hear a particular spring in my step listeners? Shall I tell you why? We're riding high on an awards nomination. Pod Bible asks you beautiful people to vote for your favourite podcasts. I didn't even know this was happening and you absolute wanderbuses. not a word, got in touch with them and voted for us. So we are down to the last four. Some other brilliant podcasts we are nominated alongside, including Talk Art. Psst, we've got something coming up with them. So yeah, now we need you to vote for us to actually win the actual thing. So if you wouldn't mind, go to the link in the show notes, click on it, click vote, send it to members of your family, ask them to vote, ask them to send it to their colleagues, pets and their own relatives, and we should be a shoe in Okay, thanks. Now, before we begin, I want to ask you to also remember that we love hearing from you. Homo Sapiens Extra is not a show without you. So write to us, hello at Homo Sapiens Podcast, on Instagram at Homo Sapiens, on Facebook at Homo Sapiens Podcast. Send us your comments, your questions and your agony uncles. But first of all, What did you think of last week's interview with Mel C? If you missed it, see a doctor and then go to your favourite podcast provider. Download. Have a listen. We had a lovely reaction to it. Um, Husband's walking in, looking at me. Looking out window. What are you looking at? The weather. (laughs) It's raining and you're taking my coffee away. (sighs) Honestly. Emails and messages. Um, from alvero on instagram what a lovely interview with melanie c see told you nice to see the genuine questions about her solo achievements and also celebrating the spice girls many of her interviews focus on the band period and she being the nicest doesn't get the chance to talk about her latest brilliant album well done guys hey listen we're fans we love it she just hits a chord with the lgbtq plus community so if you haven't listened to her album go and have a listen (laughs) maura has been in touch on email she's in rhinebeck new york thank you husband's brought me coffee now that's why he took the mug away hello from rhinebeck new york hey maura love the name maura wasn't the child in i was going to say wasn't the child in matilda called maura no she's called matilda chris um there was someone called Mora in a christmasy film anyway Loved the episode with Mel C. Her recent Desert Island Discs was amazing too. She's such a great interview. I haven't listened to that, so I will be. I like listening to Desert Island Discs in the bath. Potentially too much information. Might I suggest we lure her to the Hudson Valley for Spiegel Tent next summer? Loved Alan's cabaret there a few years back. Oh, great. Well, I mean, Alan equals cabaret, no? Maybe we should. Um. Much love and thanks and happy holidays from an adoring listener. Maura, love you. We've got a voice note as well from Steve Lorient. Homo sapiens, honeys. What a gorgeous couple of episodes with Mel C. Isn't she fabulous? My Spice Girl memories revolve around dancing my tits off at pop stars in Holborn to spice up your life. And who do you think you are? I had all the moves down. Okay. <laughs> uh, Steve, how do we not know each other already? That's what I want to know. I have many memories myself of dancing to the Spice Girls at Popstars. So that means that you were in the top room. Popstars was a nightclub, which is now... Well, it was a club night that is now sadly closed, much like many other LGBTQ plus nights. The top room was the pop room. And there was this curtain i don't know why there was a curtain but there was and that went out onto a balcony and that's where you could go and snog people who you met on the dance floor so you'd like go through the curtain like have a snog with someone did i ever snog anyone to spice girls who do you think you are probably not ah i kissed a lot of frogs there i'll tell you something anyway thank you steve and please stay in touch and please more of those voice notes absolutely love them this is from greg hi Thanks for your episode about monogamy. It might have helped if I'd heard it many years ago. When I first met and fell in love with my now husband in 2007, he said that monogamy was important to him. I didn't necessarily feel as strongly about it as he did, but I thought that I could commit to monogamy in order to make him happy. It was a mistake. Many years later, I told him that I wanted to open up the relationship, and the answer was a firm no. The pandemic has shelved the issue temporarily due to safety concerns, but we will need to come back to it once we get our vaccines, and I'm afraid it could lead to the end of our marriage if neither one of us is able to bend. So, I just want to offer a warning. This is a question that everyone should consider very carefully and communicate about openly before entering a committed relationship. Don't say what you think someone else wants to hear, and allow for the possibility that your feelings will change over time monogamy worked fine for me early on when we first met but committing to only being intimate with one person until death does part that's a very long time <laughs> well fascinating point you said a lovely thing don't say what you think someone else wants to hear and i think that is a massive lesson for all of us isn't it we're all very good at reading what someone else wants to hear and it's sometimes really hard to say what you like what you don't like what you want what you don't want because you fear if you say the truth you'll lose someone and actually it's really good to be open because if they're right for you they will most of the time will hear you out and you'll have the discussion but thank you so much for that two sides there and that's the point of topic of the week. it's a forum to discuss many different angles on one topic and we're going to be returning to a bit more of that kind of thing after some lgbtq plus news Oh my god, there is a storm blowing in. Did you hear that? That's why the husband was checking the weather. I'm just not someone who's interested in weather, personally. He checks it every morning when he wakes up. I just... I'm like, it'll happen. Hey, first things first. Something that has been warming my heart since it happened is Elliot Page, star of Juno and X-Men, this is from The Guardian, has announced he is transgender hi friends he wrote on a variety of social media platforms i want to share with you that i am trans my pronouns are he they and my name is elliot i can't begin to express how remarkable it feels to finally love who i am enough to pursue my authentic self i've been endlessly inspired by so many in the trans community i will offer whatever support i can and continue to strive for a more loving and equal society The actor also spoke of his fear in coming out and highlighted the difficulties faced by less privileged people who have done the same. I also ask for patience. My joy is real, but it's also fragile. The truth is, despite feeling profoundly happy right now and knowing how much privilege I carry, I am also scared. I'm scared of the invasiveness, the hate, the jokes and of violence. To be clear, I'm not trying to dampen a moment that is joyous and one that I celebrate, but I want to address the full picture flipping great there's so many levels of why this is great one all the press coverage that i saw was very quick to correctly gender elliot not make a deal out of it not suggest it as debate um which feels like real progress and also like the intricacies of being trans were not discussed and there wasn't that kind of thing that can happen with stories about trans people which is like uh how they've changed gender when in fact the truth for trans people is they've always been the gender they're saying they are so i was really thrilled to see how beautifully it was uh, written about but also how lovely that elliot feels that they can speak about this and that they've got to a place in their own kind of journey that they feel that they're ready to talk about it so we love you elliot massive congratulations <laughs> More good news, more big institutions behaving in a way that warms my cockles. Did you see the crazy brilliant drag-themed Strictly routine a couple of weeks ago? So I'm reading this in Pink News. BBC defends Strictly Come Dancing's drag routine following complaints. In a dazzling drag-themed number last week, professional dancers Giovanni Pernice, Gorka Márquez and Johannes Radebe, Radebe Take to the floor in glittering get-ups as they performed a brilliant, a fabulous Priscilla Queen of the Desert inspired routine. It was so good. I literally was like, I, you sort of sit down to watch Strictly and you think you know what you're going to get and it's sort of in a, um, you know, it's a certain kind of show. And then this like outrageously gay dance routine t- started taking place and it was fucking amazing And we were all like whooping and then it was really funny like I noticed Grimmy posted on his Instagram like a story going wow this is amazing. It was so nice we all kind of came out together and celebrated. Anyway back to the article I'm rambling. The drag theme number ignited backlash from offended viewers clogging broadcast regulator Ofcom with complaints. This is the statement. Strictly Come dancing is above all inclusive says the BBC. It was intended to be a fun and entertaining musicals dance for our viewers who are used to and expect Strictly to be glamorous. Hello! We feel that it's important to allow the choreographers and professional dancers to exercise creative freedom when putting together routines for a programme of this nature. Strictly is an inclusive show and we always ensure that the programme's content is appropriate. Have you noticed I've started talking slower? It's because someone messaged in this week saying they have to put the podcast down to slower speed because I talk so quickly. So that's for you, Jackie, if you're listening. The BBC only amplified what Craig Revel Horwood said earlier this week as he sought to quash the unsavoury critics. He told The Guardian, Strictly has always been at the forefront in representation, dances for everyone, and it should evolve to reflect the world we live in. And I'm proud Strictly reflects that. Well, what's great about that? is the fact that the BBC have just dismissed it so offhand like we will not have any kind of discussion about the extreme camp gayness queerness of that dance routine love it good news to end what's been a punchy 2020 let's not let's not beat around the bush now hang on a sec i'm just going to close the door because i think it's blown open because it's freezing in here i was right I can tell a draft at 400 yards, I tell you. Okie dokie. Let's do topic of the week. Let's talk about money, for God's sake. No one talks about it. It's a big taboo. And I think there are some real specifics about money for LGBTQ plus people that are not discussed. We thought we'd kick things off with a question for you all. We did a poll on Instagram. So follow us on Instagram if you don't, because then you will uh, be able to join in these polls. The question was, is it harder to stay on top of your finances if you're LGBTQ plus? The result of the poll was 52% of you said it is not harder to stay on top of your finances if you're LGBTQ plus. 48% of you think that it is. It is harder to stay on top of your finances if you are LGBTQ plus. Let's open up the discussion with your stories. Uta. Hi, Chris. During the discussion about monogamy, the term heteronormative came up a few times. Yes, it did because we are very highbrow. Without being able to give it a name until recently, I also had to learn how incredibly heteronormative all issues around money can be. When trying to set up savings for the future, and even worse during the process of buying a flat, a lot of the services and the people I encountered were almost exclusively focused on heteromarried couples. Interesting. A few examples. When setting up a pension fund, I kept getting asked about joint funds with my husband or adding any future children to the plan. The idea that a woman in her back then 30s would not have a husband or children and had no plans of having either in the future did not even enter their minds. That's fascinating because I think what um, it reminds me of is the conversations we've had about LGBTQ plus people going to the doctor. You don't feel like the person sitting opposite you understands your situation. So you avoid talking to these people. And these things like financial services, pensions... All these things are real things that we all need to deal with. And if we avoid them, which everybody avoids a pension, I still don't have one. Um, I did have one for about two weeks when I was 23 and then I cancelled it. Is that you don't, you know, uh, there's another hurdle in the way to dealing with stuff because you don't feel like you're going to be understood and you feel like you have to do an extra bit of explanation. Uta carries on, when hunting for a flat to buy, several of the real estate agents were literally looking searchingly behind me for a husband or male partner to show up, because the idea of a woman doing such a thing on her own seemed to boggle their minds. This was around 2005, not 1955. One, a woman no less, even said, well you can tell your husband about it all later and see if he agrees. (laughs) Never even bothering to ask if there is a husband. God, that's fascinating. Now listen, I move a lot. And I notice that when I go and look at places by myself and I talk about my husband, everyone's always very nice. But there's always just a kind of like little moment that you have to note note for. You're like, there we go. And then they never ask about kids after that point, which I think is funny because LGBTQ plus people can have kids, actually. Uta continues. When I had finally found a place, I took a friend who is a lawyer along with me to sit in the contract negotiation to make sure it was all in order. Good diligence, Uta. We made it clear right from the start what his role was, but nevertheless, all conversation was addressed to him from that moment on. I'm not even going to start on the difficulty of getting the required loan mortgage. In my personal experience, financial services of any kind are among the least informed and inclusive industries when it comes to dealing with customers from the queer community. This needs to change because it is negatively impacting not just the current lives of many people, but also making it harder for them to secure their futures. All the best, Uta. Couldn't agree more Uta. And I think it's because if you think about all the institutions that we deal with, when it comes to things like money, these huge international banks, they are built for being massive to cater to the mass market. And therefore they don't really ever cater to the corners or the the people who are different in some little specific way. And they absolutely should. Interesting. Now, Carlos has been in touch with The Voice Note. Let's have a listen. Hello, everyone. Is it harder to stay on top of your
0: financials if you're LGBTQ plus? I would say yes. It's really hard sometimes.
1: I'd say most of LGBT people leave their parents' home early and you have to start working and paying the bills
2: and sharing houses because you won't be able to afford an
0: entire house. I would say that it's even harder if you are a um, black
1: LGBTQ+, plus because you don't have the same as uh, opportunity as a white LGBTQ+. Plus. But um, we will get there, I hope. Oh, a lovely message. Thank you, Carlos. And two very interesting points. One is that, you know, it's true. If you aren't lucky enough to be born somewhere that on your doorstep is other LGBTQ plus people or a community, where you can go and find your people, you are more likely to leave. And that means you're taking on the responsibilities of being an adult, like rent and paying bills and all of that, like a lot earlier. That A lot of people stay at home because they can and it's so expensive to move out. And that can really sway how you lead your life. And then, you know, the the further complication of being a black LGBTQ plus person that Carlos is talking about, Is so true because you know the the conversation that is so raging on at the moment and well overdue is that you know why LGBTQ plus people have such a a head start and it's all about making sure we acknowledge that and everybody help each other out. So thank you for that, Carlos. Wonderful stuff. Now, hello, lads. Says Vince. Money is such an interesting topic for LGBTQ plus individuals. Thank you for bringing this matter up, Vince our pleasure being transgender is actually very expensive Vince is transgender if you want gender affirming surgeries and hormone therapy that is I remember when I was 18 I was saving up money from a grocery store job to be able to afford a double mastectomy thankfully most of the price of surgery was covered through government medical insurance I'm so thankful to be in a country where I can have surgeries like this covered by the government thank you Canada Canada is great at that kind of stuff In total, the surgery would have set me back without insurance. $9,000 nearly, or £5,200. Thank you for doing the um, sums there for me, Vince. Maths is not my strong suit. But it ended up being a third of that amount after the coverage. At the time, I felt as though I could not function without this surgery. But I had never even seen more than £1,000 in my life. I had to just put my head down and work as hard as I could before and after school. It was the best investment I ever made. Hormones and syringes, regular trans expenses cost me around $40, 23 pounds, a vial and $80, 46 pounds for 20 syringes lasting me around half a year. Yeah, these are big expenses. I know I need all of this to be myself and just to sustain my life as a transgender man. However, it's funny to think that these are just recurring expenses as a trans man. I will be paying for hormones for the rest of my life. It's just a reality for me. I'm kind of broke, but happy broke as a result. Cheers to you both. Happy holidays to you and your loved ones. Thank you, Vince. Happy holidays to you, Vince. Yeah, it's interesting just to be yourself. All these regular expenses. And if you didn't have this situation where you were having to pay for these things, what you could be doing is putting that money into a pension pot so that you have money when you retire. Or you could be doing it to save up for a deposit on renting a flat because deposits to rent a flat are huge or if you were lucky enough to buy a house all these things that they're not afforded to you and the ripples and repercussions of those are massive and i think it's really important to note them i think lgbtq plus people are on a deep level and i might be wrong feel free to write in on some deep level you believe that you need to just get on with it and actually that's not true you deserve as much help and credit as the next person and all these things that are these huge expenses for being trans in a time when people are just getting their heads around it unfortunately is really really tough but a really important and very interesting different angle on it there rachel elizabeth has been in touch with a voice note rachel is coming from the other side rachel does not think there is an issue.
0: Well, in my experience, being LGBTQ plus hasn't had any impact on on my finances. Um, I've still been able to succeed in work and it hasn't made a difference to progression in my career. And if anything, since meeting my girlfriend, it's been a lot better to manage my finances because she used to be a bank manager. So she taught me how to stay in line.
1: (laughs) Rachel, I love that. God, going out with a bank manager or ex-bank manager. I mean, that's a dream come true, isn't it? You could just outsource all that. I sort of have a similar situation because my husband's a lawyer and he's very, um, let's say he does detail and maybe areas that I don't. We have a saying that I'm chaos, he's order and you need both for a good life. But yeah, brilliant that it hasn't affected you, Rachel. I'm thrilled to hear that one. And two, really lovely to hear that you're doing it sort of ordering your finances as a couple, because that is another thing that it's not always instinctive to couples, actually, the sort of joining of your finances, because there can be a lot of trust required in that. That can feel like a big step. So I'm pleased on two levels there. So congratulations. And you and your girlfriend have a bloody lovely Christmas, Rachel. And I know for a fact, you're not going to be overspending. Hold
0: up.
1: in Nottingham wants us to know about living in the here and now when it comes to money. Hello friends, aside from all the issues that are directly related to our LGBTQ plus status that you addressed, housing, lifestyle, healthcare, I think there's something else really important too. I think us queers are more likely to reject the capitalist nonsensical society we're forced to partake in. Why would we save up for a home ownership when a heteronormative monogamous family household isn't necessarily what we're looking for? Also, many queers know that life is precious and not something guaranteed to all of us, which is tragic. Maybe we're more likely to live in the moment. I know you called it living fabulously and I like that. Yes, I did. Maybe we're more likely to live for the here and now. Who cares about debt? Money is a social construct. (laughs) Yes, Sal. I'm going to say that next time I get to the counter in a shop. Um, I don't want to talk about it. Money is a social construct. Now, Give me that fucking diptyque candle. I'm not putting it back on the shelf. Personally, I can't wait to spend all my lockdown savings on travel experiences. And if I'm lucky, a dog. Of course, this isn't to erase the financial oppression of many in our community face from factors outside of our control. I just wanted to offer a more radical, anarchic, positive viewpoint. Lots of love, Sal, in Nottingham. I love that. I love that radical point of view. And like you say, absolutely... Lots of factors outside of people's control. But a really important lesson, partly, I think, sometimes created by the intense treadmill that is life, just to earn enough money to pay your rent in these trying times, that one can sometimes forget to just sort of experience life for what it is. And travel and experiences are massively just as important as other things. So um, everyone could do with a little sprinkling of live for the moment. I know I certainly could. Now, another angle on the money thing, which I think is interesting, is how embarrassing it is to talk about it and where there is secrecy... There is shame and behind all of that can cause problems. I think that's particularly pertinent for being LGBTQ plus because a lot of us have lived our lives holding in a secret, not being able to talk about it. And that has caused problems in other areas. As a result, money has similar things. People are very secretive about having problems with money. I think it's so interesting. I really wanted you guys to hear someone called Alex Holder speak. She wrote a book called Open Up the Power of Talking About Money She's absolutely brilliant, and as soon as I knew we were doing this topic on the show, I was like, oh, we've got to talk to her, because it has been a very, very useful book for me to read, and I know that you guys would like it too. So I'm going to give her a call. I'm going to ask her why people don't talk about money, and float a few of the things that have come up in these emails with her as well. So let's get the old Rolodex out. Foreign ringtone. Alex? hey it's chris hi are you abroad
2: i am yes i'm in lisbon
1: is that where you live
2: yeah i do i moved from london last year oh i love lisbon i know does
1: this (laughs) does this cost you does this cost you loads of money no
2: no no it's an english phone number so it doesn't cost you loads of money either
1: (laughs) (laughs) funny we talk about money Uh, there you go totally (laughs) unintentional the thing i wanted to ask you is like why don't we talk about money
2: linked to shame shame is the emotion it always brings up to me Mm. and whether you earn a lot or you earn very little there is shame associated at like every end of the kind of earning spectrum or spending spectrum Mm. i think very few people feel completely comfortable about the money they earn or spend i think that shame is socially learnt i often compare money to other shameful subjects or things that we think are shameful Mm. like periods or mental health Mm. and then in the last few years we've realized that they're not inherently shameful we were just taught they were and then we didn't have conversations about them and conversation is always the first route to dismantling awkwardness and shame that's around something so we're kind of stuck in this really awkward cycle aren't we where we don't talk about it so it causes us shame (laughs) so we don't talk about it.
1: Mm. yes. How can our refusal to talk about money lead to problems with finances?
2: So firstly, on the most basic level, like when I, conversation is kind of how I educated myself about most things in life. Any like thing you'd call adulting, Mm. whether it was my sex education, like, you know, I would discuss it with friends. Is this normal? Mm. Uh, (laughs) And you exchange information and that's how you find out about things. Yet with money, we don't discuss it. So first of all, you're just not exchanging any information. So really basic things like how did you get out of debt, which if one friend has done that and they could tell another friend that, that would hopefully save someone in a difficult financial situation. Mm. So that lack of conversation is just stopping us sharing. And then the next thing is that silence creates isolation. And isolation kind of can, you can get stuck in like spirals of bad habit and no one is there to help you break them. And then shame is so connected to debt that we don't speak about it. And we think, you know, many people that are in debt think they're the only people in debt. And that's mm. just not true. Like the stats show that's not true. The average debt in the UK is eight grand per adult. And that's in, a, in addition to mortgage, that's unsecured debt. So, you know, credit cards, store mm. cards, overdraft. Like, and imagine if we could share that with other people and rather than say feeling like the friend at dinner that doesn't want to spend as much or the friend that can't really afford to go on this holiday but has said yes to it. Mm. If you all often like with a friendship group, the the statistic chances are is that probably half of you are getting into debt to do a social activity. And maybe if you could speak out loud and say, oh, I can't really afford to do that or could we do something cheaper? There is a collective sigh of relief. Yeah. everyone goes because oh, we're all keeping up appearances all the
1: time yeah it's so funny that isn't it it's it's there's so many parallels with the lgbtq plus experiences like you know it's almost like what you're talking about with debt is like you sort of have to come out about it you know and yeah we're all expected to on the one hand be bombarded with images of really expensive things that we want and they mm-hmm. are built to make us want them and, and then we're expected to have To be able to resist all of that when credit is so easy to get, it's just madness.
2: Banks make it really, really easy for us to get into debt. Mm. And it's very hard to get out of it. Credit is is so easy and it's so normalised. You know, you go to uni and you get a student loan. So from such a large group, debt is normalised from a really, really early age. Mm. And, you know, multi-million dollar companies are spending billions of pounds on making a spend money we don't have on things we don't want every single day. Like It takes a lot to push back as a consumer. And I guess feel like you're empowered in your spending. Even you saying to friends, I can't afford that. You not being able to afford it, it doesn't. it isn't always about not having the money. And not having the money is a very valid reason for not doing mm. something. Mm. But it's about you choosing how you want to spend your money. You might not want to spend mm. 50 quid on a night out when you could have as much fun getting a pizza around someone's house. And you yeah. might you know, you might be saying, I want to save up for X, Y, and Z. And that that's allowed too, like not letting other people spend your money for you.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. And one thing that from people writing in has been really interesting on this topic mm-hmm. is that the LGBTQ plus community have found that sometimes they don't want to talk to things like banks or mortgage companies about their mm-hmm. personal situation. And I wondered if you think money money centered institutions are too focused on catering for just white cis straight people.
2: Well, I mean, yes, definitely. The old school financial institutions were based on very old school um, idea of what a family is. You know, we know that up until say the 1970s a woman couldn't get a mortgage without a male guarantor. Mm. Um, so there were those rules that are very, you know, in our lifetime, being changed. But what is good to see is that there are lots of digital banks that really are kind of making moves in that area and are far more forward-thinking and future-facing and don't come with all that baggage. And
1: if you had a top tip?
2: I mean, my top tip is to try and have a money conversation. Mm. And mean, the first conversation you should have is with yourself. So... Try and be really, really honest about your spending and your habits and look at your money. You know, be really aware of it. If you're too scared to look at your bank account, you probably need to look at it more than anyone else. And then try and have a conversation Guilty, with someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Whether that's your partner or a friend. And even, even if you don't want to start the conversation, just next time money comes up, mm. like if someone is saying they've got, you know, their looking for a place that's less rent or they've just got a new job, don't just shut it down immediately. Just try and sit with the discomfort for a moment because it might be... So my first money conversation was pretty liberating and, and enlightening. And then the last thing that I always like to say when talk about money is that there will be people listening who have probably got themselves, not got themselves actually, are in a really tricky situation mm. with money. And there is always a way out and places like Step Change, which is, which is a really great debt charity, and Citizens Advice, are there to help people and help fight the corporations that get us into debt.
1: Brilliant advice. Thank you. Well, listen, everybody, go read Alex's book as well. It's called Open Up. Why talking about money would change your life. And one final thing, Alex, we do agony uncle, agony aunt questions that our listeners Mm. write in. We have got an agony uncle question that you are particularly well placed to answer as you've just moved to a new place. Would you mind helping me answer it?
2: yeah go for it
1: it says how do you make new friends as an adult especially while everything social is illegal i presume they're referring to covid huh?
2: well i'm quite good at making i mean i've gone through a period of having to make new friends as an adult because i moved from london to lisbon mm. where i didn't have any friends i mean i think and she's so old school but Join some clubs. Yeah. So you know, actually, you have to start the conversation. You have to start speaking to people, and you have to do the awkward. Do you want to go for coffee? And you have to sit through some really awkward first friend dates. Is what <laughs> I found to find a good one.
1: Yeah, so true though. You know, it's it's almost there's some parallels of what we've been talking about, which is you got to kind of just take the plunge and open up the conversation. And joining clubs is great because then you do something if you like sport. Or
2: I did an online book club. throughout um, COVID which I loved and we'd meet on Zoom and it was with some strangers.
1: That's great because you've got something to talk about as well so it slightly takes the pressure off, doesn't it? Yeah. Joining an online book club, joining a book club, joining a sports club, you know, and also like I have made loads of friends on Instagram reach out and say hi like I always message people I think are cool on Instagram and you know it it tends to be sort of semi-work related I suppose it's about finding like-minded people there's many ways to do that oh and if you know obviously if you're LGBTQ plus as well there's look at groups for that because it doesn't always have to be booze and club and dancing related which i think a lot of queer stuff is and i think it's try and find a local group that does something it's like i don't know where you are but there's a lot of lgbtq plus walking groups and they are great because you know like you say, it's an activity something else to do
2: yeah and a lot of my friendships are purely online right now
1: obviously mm, yeah well listen we hope that helped listener alex (laughs) thank you so much you've been an absolute delight brilliant advice and brilliant things to take away and actually action so thank you so much no thank you for having me i mean all the money problems are solved right i know i've got a couple of amazon orders i need to cancel after that chat i tell you now let's do a community shout out So Rainbow Road, you may have seen people posting about this on Instagram and other social media. Rainbow Railroad, an international organisation that helps LGBTQI people seek safe haven from state-led violence and persecution in countries where homosexuality is criminalised, this week launches its hashtag 60 in 60 campaign to save 60 LGBTQ plus lives. It aims to raise $600,000 in the last 60 days of 2020 to save 60 lives. Lives like that of Armin, who, with the help of Rainbow Railroad, fled his native Chechnya after he was kidnapped and tortured by police for two weeks. A victim of the infamous 2017 gay purge, Armin now lives safely in Toronto with his partner. Funds raised will go directly towards helping 60 more people escape life-threatening persecution. The funds will also be used to provide support to individuals who cannot travel due to COVID-19 or other limitations. Head to their Instagram at Rainbow Railroad and website rainbowrailroad.org where they will be telling their stories of brave individuals they've helped and you can get involved with this great campaign please do support them maybe share their stuff if you can't donate money whatever you can do would be absolutely wonderful listeners culture club so what are your christmas classics mine is muppet christmas carol always have to watch it um my husband's standing next to me putting on a jumper what are you doing taking the dog for a walk do you want to say hello to everybody Hello everybody There you go That's your Christmas present everybody Words from William MacDonald Yeah so I'm going to be watching Muppet's Christmas Carol Oh my god Elf You've got to watch Elf That's a, that's an afternoon wrapping That's going to be my one Enough about me and Christmas What have you all been watching? Actually not that Christmassy You're viewing people You've all been watching Queen's Gambit You've been watching The Crown Oh you've been watching Slag Wars Enagram says Tell me more Is it liberation Or self-flagellation I have seen a tiny glimpse Of Slag Wars It looks absolutely hysterical. I actually thought one of them was that girl from Selling Sunset originally. But obviously I've got that wrong. Oh my God, you've been watching The Undoing. Holy guacamole. Now who has watched it? I'm going to be careful with what I say because obviously, you know, if you haven't seen the end. But I finished it last night. I think it's so interesting and I wish I could talk about it more. I want people to let me know when they've watched it all, but I don't know how I could... Ever get to a point where I would know everyone listening had watched. Very, very interesting though, and I think a new step for a thriller, but I understand people have been disappointed by the ending. I rather liked it. I also think Hugh Grant is amazing. He is such a good actor. I'm gonna say it's the best thing he's ever done. The whole cast is great, so I'm pleased you've been watching that. The Valhalla Murders, Scott Farmer has been watching. Grey's Anatomy Year seventeen. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Grey's Anatomy. And then I find that thing when something's been on for so long and you haven't watched it, you go, I don't think I can do this to myself. I'm already behind. Also, confession, and I want to know if I'm alone here. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life, which is the seminal Christmas film. Have you lot watched it? Also never seen Casablanca, which is a bit of a sore point with my husband, who's now eyeballing me because he bought it for me as one of our first ever presents when we first met. And... um and I, as he just said, I've never watched it, and the DVD is still on the shelf. Maybe we should watch it this Christmas. What do you think? You chucked the new video away? <laughs> Did I? Yes. When? I wanted your bloody clear out. Oh dear! Bit of feedback. It's going to on Christmas, isn't it? <laughs> what have you been listening to? Well, many people were furiously sharing Mariah Carey's Christmas special with a particular moment where she and Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson do a harmony together which is like all three of them harmonising. And it is unbelievable. I haven't watched the whole thing, so I need to go and watch that. I'm going to save it for proper, proper Christmas as part of my rationing of Christmas so I don't get fatigue. Things that people have been listening to. Shawn Mendes, Muse, David Gray, Holding On. Is that a song, David Gray? I love David Gray. Always Fleetwood Mac, says Jim Jong-il. Thievery Corporation says Harney Kate Eight. George Walker says Perfume Genius without you is the perfect ode to shitty lockdown. Well, I am going to be listening to that. I love Perfume Genius. Siroc and Jamie are loving 80s music and Siroc says it helps her with her workouts. Okay. I love going on to like kiss. There's a, there's a radio station called Kistery. That's what I run to. It is so good. Oh, Kistery. Particularly in lockdown, history has been amazing because it makes me feel like I'm in a nightclub. And actually, I have to say, I'm not someone who goes to nightclubs a lot, but in the absence of being able to do it at all, I have to say, turning on my music really loud and exercising gets you to a similar headspace. So I can highly recommend that, listeners, until we're allowed back in the clubs. Uh, Johnny Mac. Now, Johnny Mac got in touch with a podcast recommendation called Heavyweight about someone called... Vivian, who in nineteen ninety five, basically Vivian's uncle Elio, died of AIDS, and now twenty five years later Vivian's on a search to find the man who cared for him until his death. I had to listen to the first half. Um it is really good. It's like a kind of serial uh style American um sort of investigation type podcast of this woman trying to find the guy who looked after her uncle and it's fascinating and it's so pertinent for lgbtq plus people because there is a genuine mystery because there was so much shrouded in secrecy about who looked after people who were dying of aids and all this stuff and people had to deny that they knew people back then if they had looked after them so many really fascinating things that actually i had a little bit of personal experience of of just how That community all looked after each other. And if someone was dying, you know, you would go and move into another queer person's house to die because you couldn't necessarily go to your families. And there was just all these people coming together. But the podcast is fascinating. Go and have a listen. And thank you so much, Johnny, for the recommendation. Eating food. You've all been eating a lot of vegan stuff. Spicy back bean and s- roast sweet potato soup. Yummers, says Silver Foxter. Salt and pepper tofu, says Eeyore's Bestie. Vegan katsu curry, JW Director. So easy, so good. Please, JW Director, will you send us a recipe? Because I love a katsu curry. Beth Newsome did it, is your name. Chocolate and date Christmas cake. Benjamin from Bake Off's recipe. Oh, please, will you send that in to us? Because I'd love a little twist on a Christmas cake. Because I don't really like Christmas cake. And I don't like Christmas pudding so sue me. But what I will do is give you a recommendation. What I like to do is get some vanilla ice cream and put a little bit of Christmas pudding through it, mush it all together. And it's really nice. And it's kind of slightly more refreshing into the meal rather than like eating something really heavy um, at the end of what is a really heavy meal. Anyway, I'll share my recipe for it. It'll be short. Get Christmas pudding mash with vanilla ice cream. <laughs> Let's have a look at what you're reading. Annika Patel is reading Talking to My Daughter About the Economy. Well, you've come to the right place. How wonderfully topical, because we are talking about money. So I'm going to look that book up. James, It's Jamie's Something Can't Read the End of Your Name. A Man Called Ove by Frederick Backman. Item has been reading Girl, Woman, Other. Mm. Trish Norton says The Thursday Murder Club. You've all been reading that for weeks. Richard Osman, Asin Deterzo, has been reading Already Finished Stone Butch Blues. i like that title bird has been reading no shame by tom allen tom allen is going to be coming on the podcast ruth westerby has been reading tin man it says it's the only book i have finished and had to start again straight away wow i have never done that except with grazia thank you so much. That has given me plenty to be getting on with. Next week, it's a ho ho ho. I've been waiting to say this for the whole episode. Next week, it's a ho ho homo sapiens Christmas special with the wonderfully hysterical Joe Lycett, who is a comedian, but also has his own consumer show, the chief of sticking it to the man. He is also one of the kindest, most thoughtful, intuitive, brilliant people I have had the fortune to meet during my time on this here planet. So we are delighted. And when when we were going to talk to him, I was like, it has to be a Christmas special because he's so full of joy. So that's coming up. It will be published a little bit earlier because I'm aware we've got Christmas. I'm aware we've got Christmas, like I've only just heard about it. Uh, so it'll be published earlier on Tuesday, the 22nd of December. So two days early. Is that our Christmas present to you? In some ways, yes. We then have got none other than Courtney Act on the 30th of December, and then we'll be back in the new year bumper guests for a bumper audience we love you listeners and if you love us back do not forget to vote for us in the podcast awards go to the link in the bio please do we love to win awards it enables us to stay on air if you want to win a t-shirt you can leave a review on the podcast app if you want to buy a t-shirt go to everpress.com forward slash homo sapiens or you can get a sweater people prefer the sweaters get a sweater send us your comments questions and your agony uncles right to hello at homo sapiens podcast.com you can follow us on instagram which is homo sapiens where i feature frequently facebook you can follow us at homo sapiens podcast that draws a line under it until our very big christmas special what a lovely lovely way to spend a morning talking to you wonderful people and it's quite funny because as i press record on this woman's Hour on radio 4 started in my kitchen so i feel like we have been in parallel with our sister show our inspiration as we've recorded have we been more fun and interesting only you could decide thank you so much everyone for listening loads of love and see you for the christmas special
0: Bye. hold up